One hour in the books, two hours to go. Fan morning show here. Brent Gunning, Sam McKee alongside me, the two of us alongside you. Very happy to be joined now by our first guest of the day, David Sampson, host of the Nothing Personal Podcast with David Sampson. David, how's it going? Thanks for taking the time with us this morning. How are you doing? Uh, oh, it's my pleasure. I'm doing great. Love, love having you on. Uh, you know, we know you uh, go on with our uh, buddy Jeff Blair all the time. And, uh, well, you know, he wins hearing us call him uh, his buddy. But uh, happy to steal you <laughs> steal you for the week here. Uh, for, you, you know Blair. He's so personable. He loves uh, he loves his coworkers so much. So, yeah, he's just thrilled. Um, he referred to himself as a friend. Uh, first question, kind of stock, boring, I know. But how do we fix that game last night? I suppose you could say, hey. It was a 3-2 baseball game. We watch those all the time, and we would even consider them exciting. What are you complaining about? Is there even a problem with baseball's all-star game, David? Well, baseball clearly is the best all-star game of all of the major sports. It's the most competitive. Players care the most. When you saw the game end last night, when Kimbrough struck out Ramirez, you saw the National League come out of that dugout and celebrating almost like it's a postseason win or a regular season walk-off. The only change that I would make that's fun is that the Julio Rodriguez at bat last night, which was just out of the storybooks when he had a chance at home to walk it off for the American League, and then he took the walk. The only way he was able to hit is that. Oh, it's going to be so good. We're sound in sports radio. Kadonk. Kadonk. Yeah, that would have been an electric moment. I mean, nothing... Well, I mean, until we get to the playoffs, nothing in baseball this year is going to surpass Trout Otani. Like, quite honestly. Even when we get to the playoffs. I was going to say, it's possible we have an entire postseason go by with nothing that cool happening. But Rodriguez at home, chance to walk it off. And yeah, I mean. So people liked the game a lot last night. I saw a lot of like, and it seemed like David liked it too. Like, there was a couple moments, but to me, the all-star game in baseball is, it's postseason baseball without the stakes because it's all the best yeah. pitchers. You're right. And it's all the best guys. Just wipe out, strike, wipe out, strike wipe out, out strike yeah. out, strike out, strike out, but there's no stakes. All right, let's bring back in uh, David David Sampson. Uh, you were just talking about Rodriguez there, and then we heard the worst sound in sports radio, uh, your phone <laughs> dropping. Uh, yeah, so sorry, if you could just pick up what you were saying about Rodriguez having the chance at the end there, David. So what a storybook ending that would be for Rodriguez in front of the home crowd, walking it off. But the only way he got to hit is that Kyle Tucker walked in front of him. And since the All-Star game doesn't count, I would change the rules. Where in the ninth inning, the team that's down can put up to the plate anyone it wants at any time. Oh, I love and that. that sounds crazy. No, that, that sounds why great. Why can't Julio Rodriguez lead off if they're down one and try to tie the game? Or you can put a pinch runner in like a De La Cruz or someone who's super fast in case a guy's on first and then you can he can steal second, steal third, steal home. I just want to give every opportunity to the fans to get the matchup that sometimes fate delivers, but I don't want to leave it to fate. I want to take control of it. That's one of the changes I would make. The second change, I don't care that Aaron Judge is hurt. I'm sorry that he's hurt. I really am. Oh, no, no, it was going to be so good. He was winding up again. He doesn't care that Aaron Judge is hurt, but kadonk, kadonk, kadonk. Oh, so this is, this is if a, this, if I was Kipper right now, boys, 
Oh, oh my God. You, the, the daggers you, you guys are getting. Intern Al's feeling it. He feels the pressure, even though he has nothing to do with this here. Uh, Austin, always a little panicky and jittery. So this is going well back there. And uh, I don't know that Sandman can be bothered by anything. So uh, so it's great. Uh, just really, uh, just quite the uh, looks we're getting from the from so, the fellas back there. Kipper has a pretty good three-strike rule. Oh, yeah? I don't think the three strikes is tough. It is tough. Will we Will we have a third? I don't know. I see Austin on the phone right now uh, yucking it up. So we'll, we'll get David in a second. And I do love the idea of effectively, you know, a guy, a guy Samson works with, Stu Gotts, throwing out the idea of the magic at bat. I love that. Uh, bring back in David okay. Samson now. Okay. So I just want to, before we throw it back to you, I want to say, love the idea of put whoever at the dish or on the base pass when needed. It is an all-star game. Who cares? Aaron Judge, you were just winding up. We were very excited to hear what you had to say. Aaron Judge, go, David. Welcome back. I am very sorry. No that worries. He's no worries. I understand that he wants to be. Oh no, I'm not sorry that you guys dropped the ball. <laughs> I am sorry that Aaron Judge is hurt. But here's my rule: when you're voted in by the fans, you come to the game. Mm. Period. There is rehab that can be done in the training room in Seattle. It is a long flight. It's a pain in the neck. The players like the break. Don't kid yourself. The players like it. That said, when the fans vote you in, I want you on the line. I want you doing the media. I want you being a part of it. And I'm not speaking specifically just to Aaron Judge, but to any player who's voted in, no matter the injury, no matter how unwise it is the players did it because the player maybe isn't deserving of starting, it doesn't matter. That's what the fans want. That's what the fans get. I love both of those things, and I want to I extrapolate on your you, first one. You didn't hear it, did you? What? Right as he answered, we got the kadunk. No, we didn't. Yeah, he did. The guys by the glass okay. are not happy. Don't All worry right. about it, guys. We could we could chat here. Uh, and okay. again, David's the best guest because as soon as he thought I was apologizing or I was saying sorry for him apologizing immediately. Schooled in the school of Jeff Blair. No, yeah. I do not care about you guys I, at all. That does not matter. I, I'm sorry to Aaron Judge. I'm with him. Um, again, both those things. This is all part of it. I get the, we see this in the NHL all the time. We see this in the NHL all the time where an Ovi, you know, they have they have handed out suspensions to guys for missing all-star games. Now, it's a one-game suspension. It's far from the end of the world, but clearly that's a league who understands you have to have your stars at the game. I have no problem with that rule at all. It is a job. You have to go. I get it. Even if you're hurt, I got no problem. Now, it's like if the guy's in a full body cast, maybe we don't need to drag him across the country, but if you got a bad shoulder, a bum hammy, or whatever's mm-hmm. keeping you out, as Samson said, you can do rehab there. I love that rule. So, The first thing he said to me is an incredible idea. And I think what makes it really fascinating is that not only do you get to see who, you know, get to see a great player come up in a big at bat, you also get to see who the best manager in the league thinks is the biggest, the clutchest guy. And I think it's easy to say, be like, Okay, if I'm the American League guy, yeah. I'm going Shohei. Right. Right? Like, you're like, obviously, I'm going to go Shohei Otani, but is that manager, whoever whoever it is, let's say it's uh, let's say it's Aaron Boone, who's sure. the manager, yeah. and Aaron Judge is playing, yeah. is he going to be like, show up his guy no. and put, up, put in somebody else? 
So, like, I feel like it would be a great discussion point for people like us, sports fans, oh, would be, be like, phenomenal. Be like, how could you put in that guy over Shohei Otani? <laughs> You're just favoring your own guy. Like, it's such a fascinating discussion point that you could bring stuff up. So, I absolutely love that idea, that idea. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this. Obviously, the stakes are higher with this stuff, but I mean, Martin St. Louis' relationship oh, with the Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning blew up because he was not selected to Team Canada when. Steve Eisenman was the general manager of that team. Now, again, that's way higher stakes of not getting to play for your country versus not getting to go up in the ninth inning of a who cares exhibition game. But I do feel like some of that would be a play. Could you imagine a world where it is Boone and he throws judge out there yeah. and they're just booing him yeah. mercilessly. And the idea of, you know, I also like the idea of this being a way to, you know, the NBA does a great job of for their all-star weekend, just because a guy's not an all-star doesn't mean he can't be in the three-point shootout or whatever. There's a lot of opining of why wasn't Ellie Dela Cruz there. I think you should be able to have a specialist for each kind of thing in the all-star game. Mm. So if we're going to do this idea of a manager can just, once we, let's say there's a threshold, well, it's, it doesn't need to be, it can happen at any point in the game. Who cares? You should be able to have a specialist pinch runner a specialist power hitter, a specialist need a knock guy, a special, like a defensive specialist. Why not? Like we can make these categories as vast or as super small as possible, but as a, and you shouldn't have to fill them out. Baseball already has the rule where I think it's, I don't know what it's called, but basically Rob Manfred can say you, sir, are a legend and you will go to this all-star game. They did it with Pujols last year, yeah. okay? So why can't they just say, you, Ellie Dela Cruz, you have played 13 games, fastest dude on planet Earth, we go stand there. there in case we need you. I have no problem with that and I'll go beyond having no problem with that. I love that. Yeah, that's a really... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Did your brain just break? What's going no, on? So he just texted in and said, Sammy must have a single a signal jammer in his pocket. Holy cow, feels like Kipper and Born interviews here. Yeah. What's going on? What are you doing? What's Kipper wrong? Kipper has made it feel like I'm the guy that drops the calls. Oh, I mean, and he just looks behind the glass. He just goes, Sammy. I'm like, oh no. Oh, well, I mean, I don't it's know. There's a pattern here. Didn't have anybody drop when I was filling in with Justin or Ailish in the past little while here. Just gotta say. Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, Kipper's not here, Bourne's not here, but you are. Maybe what, it is your fault. So power rank the guys you want up in the the spot. If you're okay, one, it's a it's the classic. Yes, give it to me. Bottom of the ninth. Yes. Down a run. Yes. Man on. Yes. And uh, you know, uh, Aaron Boone's like, it's my time to put in the what's what's the what's the the name for this? Uh, well, the the idea that Samson kind of like workshopped this off, I believe, is the magic and bad is what because because okay. this came from an idea where a guy would say baseball was too boring in the regular season and you should just have one magic and bad a game that you can put whoever you want up there in a regular season game is where the idea uh, kind of stemmed from. But yeah, you call it whatever you want. You call it magic and bat. You call it plop a guy. You could call it, call it pick and place. It does not matter what you call it, but whatever it is, give me the pick scenario. And place. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good name here on the fly. Um, no, no, not, you don't oh, have one. I oh, don't have one. No. Text in what you think that that should be. <laughs> uh, so do, try to do something with clutch. Do our job for cl us. Clutch something. But anyways, I don't want to get too into that. Uh, who's your guy? Well, obviously a little dependent. Like if it's a lefty, I don't think you go Shohei. But I mean, off the top of my head, I feel like that's probably the guy. If I just need, honestly. 
this is like a hipster baseball answer. Mm -hmm. If I need a knock, truly, like it is just a find a way, it's Luis Arise. Wow. Guy has a magic wand. He's like a 400 hitter. He's been up in upper 300s for the better part of two years now. If I just need one guy to scratch across a knock, it doesn't need to be a big bop. It doesn't need to be a double that clears all the bases. If I got bases loaded, find a way. Honestly, that might be the guy in baseball for me. And I know that is a that is a very Jeff Merrick hockey hipster baseball take of me. Maybe I'll shout out Jeff Blair for that one instead. But yeah, that's my guy. I honestly think. You got a guy? I got a maybe even more hipster oh. pick. Give me Freddie Freeman. Oh, he might, Canadian legend. Yeah, because, I mean, first of all, I always love him for that, for yep. showing up to play for our jobber lot, squad. Hey, a lot of, lot of guys wouldn't. <laughs> yes. Maybe even a super lauded one in Cincinnati. Maybe. Yeah, yeah no, I, uh, we, I mean, we had a better show in this year, Canada. Yeah. We, were, we had real baseball pitchers <laughs> our, on our, pit, our, our baseball team, but. Our favorite. Canada WBC moment will always be Ryan Dempster hanging on for dear life in the first inning against the Dominican Republic. I'm pretty he got sure out of it on skate. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure it was. It was like I can't remember who it was. It but was all the big boppers <laughs> in baseball unleashing 800 mile Dalton bombs. Bombay's that, never ran fast. That somehow life. died on the track just for Dalton Bombay to find his way under. Uh, one of the great moments. But yeah, how can you? That's a. I love that. Does you're not only are you getting an he's got pop. He's an Excellent AB. Yep. He's one of the better ABs in the league. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to use baseball reference at all. People yep. look up cool things on baseball reference all the time. No, no, the new one, baseball savant. That's what yeah, you got to get. But on. like, I bet you just anecdotally that yep. he leads the league in pitches seen per AB. Like, wow. I bet you he's way up there. Yeah. I don't know how to look at that. But I'm, again, somebody could. Somebody could. Maybe somebody even behind the glass who can't get David Sampson to stay on the line could look that up for me. But I'm joking. <laughs> I would never do that to you. Um, uh, so. So he always has a great uh, AB, good contact guy. Yeah, slap one the other way, keep the keep the AB going. Or if you groove one to him, you'll hit it out of the park. Yep, I I love my Freddie Freeman pick. If I'm going to go with a slightly less hipstery pick, like a more you know classic all star, I'm going to stick with his teammate. Then the guy who I jokingly have called the best player in baseball at least until Shohei came along, Mookie Betts. Guy could do everything. Guy's just playing shortstop for the Dodgers this year now. It's absurd what he is capable of doing, and it will never not be ridiculous that a team with as big pockets as Boston just said no thanks. But, hey, uh, their loss is the ALEs uh, gain there. And that's another one. If you want to text us in, who is your who would be your guy in that situation? But the other, the other part of this as well, now you can already do this with pitchers, but the idea of, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a closer. Who shuts it down? I wonder who people would think is kind of the best arm in baseball in that mm. scenario. Because, I mean, you can say Garrett Cole just because of the electric stuff, but Gosman splitter is maybe as good a pitch as anybody else has. Obviously, we talk about what Otani is. And yeah, it's just uh, it's a really fun conversation to have for so sure. Stephen Oakville says, have a Hall of Famer that can still swing the bat and have the pitcher throw him a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I would love like the legends guys. Yes. And they put him in a big like legend versus legend in the all-star game. Like bring in a guy like great ringing. So Maddox, Nolan Ryan, who could for sure still <laughs> at least touch 85. Yeah. And bring in or Greg Maddox versus like Frank Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Make him take off the suit on the coverage and go in there and try to take an AB. <laughs> It'd be incredible. I would love to see it. Uh, you want to, you want to, I feel like somebody would need not a clutch replacement, but a hip replacement. If we actually did in fact, try that, that'd be the only problem. Well, that's what someone just texted yep. in clutch replacements. Not very yeah, good. Not, no good. No, we got to work. Hey, look, shoot. Shoot or shoot, brainstorming, no bad ideas in one. Uh, that might be one, though. So keep them coming on the text line, uh, 590, 590. 
You know, I do think we get so bogged down with the idea of how do you fix the all-star game? And I do think there is there are, there are tweaks you can make that can make it more fun. But at the end of the day, you don't have to do anything to fix it. You just nailed it, what the problem is with it. Postseason baseball, if it were if it were any sport that wasn't the postseason, we'd say, this stinks. This is boring. Guys just are striking out. There's no, there's nothing going on in the game. Every pitcher throws a hundred miles an hour. It mm-hmm. is impossible to scratch one out. And that is what the all-star game is because guess what? A pitcher, a starter's going in there and he's giving you one, maybe two great innings. And then it is just nasty guy after nasty yeah. guy for 12 pitches. And that's all you're going to get. And it is, if you're a baseball purist, mm-hmm. you probably watch the All-Star game every year and love it because it is exactly that. I'll even admit myself for, you know, they're they're showing a lot of the National League guys on there. And it's just because a lot of times you watch a guy in a game and when the game starts, they'll give you a, okay, here's what he's got. Buck will do the great pitching breakdown. But beyond that, you don't really get an idea of what does this guy throw? What's his pitch mix like? What does he have? So it's nice to kind of learn all that stuff mm-hmm. and it, from, from that perspective. But I don't know that we are ever going to quote quote fix it because I think like to Samson's point to what everyone is saying in the grand scheme of things stakes aside it was a great game but that's what we love stake sports for is the stakes yeah I, there was some great defensive plays like obviously the first inning you know the on both sides of the outfield for the American League there's huge catches which were pretty yep. exciting and maybe robbing a home run on that uh Rosa Reynas it was close I don't yeah, think no. either of them were no, going out no. but they were both really close not TV um, dives but maybe a little exuberant calls yeah they you know it was they kind of set the tone for the game actually because there was a lot of good defense throughout the game and there was good pitching so it was like a it was like a playoff game without the stakes so i you know i i thought it was a solid 6 out of 10 is that fair like, yeah I, no i, I think yeah. that's totally fair so yeah, and like I mean, they have the the clutch moment of the NL guy hitting the the home run to put them up. Yep. The Rockies catcher. Sure. That's who it was. Yep. So um, and actually, in the American <laughs> League, the biggest knock of the game was almost the Rooker or whatever the the a, the A's representative. Yes, that's right. Almost hit a go ahead two run bomb. They did. So it's like, oh my god, it's the A's representative. Like I'm like, who is this guy? It's like he's having a breakout year for the. A's. I'm like, is there anyone on the A's that's I'm having sure, a breakout I'm, here? I'm sure he will be an excellent Padre in three seasons. Then is what that that sounds like to me. If somebody's having a, well, a breakout on the A's, you never know. Like, ooh, I like this. I like this. Like the golf majors have an honorary first at bat, so we know what Augusta, Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson, they get to poke it out there. They do this occasionally when there's like a legend. Like I remember them wheeling Musil on the field yeah, when yeah. the Cardinals have had it. At time and place. If there's a ledge that makes sense for here for it. But uh yeah, I don't I don't know that again, I keep I think that every year we have this idea of we gotta fix it, we gotta fix it. And I think to everybody's point, it's the best game for a reason. And it does just Brent make Rooker is having a great year, but yes. Yep. It does just make me mad about the NHL's all star game and how much they've ruined it. Because again, it's never gonna be great. You're not gonna see well, Yeah, it's just they don't play hockey anymore. Well, exactly. Exactly. It's just three on three, which is fine, but I barely like watching that in the regular season. Isn't, isn't the whole point of an all-star game to have it be like the, you know, the showcase yeah. for your sport Agreed. with all the highest, well, all the best players playing mm-hmm. at the highest level. That's yes, the whole point. That is it. And NBA's done too. They're terrible. Well, NBA, the, the saving grace used to be you'd have whatever happens for the first 44 mm-hmm. minutes of the game. And then at four minutes, it's, oh, oh, okay. We have a five-point game no, time to walk There's no clock in. anymore. Yeah, exactly. They, That's do a, the, they do the target the score. The ending, yeah, yeah, which is, again, makes for an exciting ending. But the it last, used to be... Literally, like, 
five real-time yeah. minutes are exciting, but then it sucks. And it, that, but at least you used to get in the NBA the idea of you would get a real kind of hierarchy of the league of like, okay, look who's out here and not just who's out there. Look who's getting the ball in these moments. You really don't get that even anymore because of the Elam ending. And yeah. it's just a very, very different. And I understand why they did it to try to create the juice. But again, in trying to fix it, you made it infinitely worse. And the guys now, it's just all three point shots. Like yep, it's, it's, it. it's just a three point contest. Guys take two steps over half and they're just jacking yep. up half quarters <laughs> and it sucks. So, all those old guys were right then. Steph Curry did ruin basketball. What did he do? He ruined I, our beautiful all-star I, game. I love basketball, and I love watching basketball. I think basketball is better now than it's ever been, but the For all-star sure. game no, is course. way worse than it's ever been. Yep, uh, You like this text from our boy Kyle in Woodstock? I don't know. I didn't see it. What if we let the pitching team pick a magic batter for the other team? <laughs> they need a double play, and they use their magic batter for Vladdy. <laughs> Imagine the suspense and drama that would create. I, I'll admit, I love a little animosity in sports. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. But that, yeah, that's an excellent That is idea. phenomenal. It goes back to the position these leagues will never put players in of making someone look bad. Mm -hmm. But that would actually add, the reason why that would be great, you nailed it there with the animosity, is that it would give you a stake. It would make you care about something. You know, how, again, we don't need to turn this into a regular season discussion. How locked in do we think Vladdy was for those ABs last night? He was super, super jacked up. I would say exactly. Probably not. Yeah. But I, mm? bottom of the eighth. Someone picks him? Man on first. And the National League says this guy is dying to hit into a double play. Hey, I right. bet he locks in a bit. I bet he does. That's not... It's pretty good. But, it'll pretty good but it will never happen because the league will not put, again, whoever the National League manager is in a position to say, I think this, for, it'd be, they wouldn't do it to a 25th guy. They wouldn't do it to Kevin Biggio, be, put him in a position for a manager to yeah. say, I think this guy stinks. They're definitely not going to do it for Vlad or, or, you know, Soto or Acuna or any of the other stars in the league. Okay. But would uh, love to see it. Should we chew on something here? Oh yeah, we should. Uh, something to chew on brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. Ah, there it is. I have something to chew Oh, on. you do? Off okay, I put a couple of things. Give it to me. So this is a one that I have not come up with, but it's about picking things. And okay. this just came to the top of my head. And I don't want to do the Damien Lillard thing here because I want to no, stretch fine. your legs yeah. a little bit longer on that. Oh, yeah, we both, we both got some stems. We can stretch them. But have you ever liked the idea where the top seed in a respective league gets to pick their opponent? I, lo I love it. It terrifies me should my team ever be the top seed, right. but otherwise I love it. I think that would create the most incredible animosity for a first-round playoff series that you could ever have. So you only do it in the first round in whatever league you would want to do. This feels like an NBA thing because they yep. just get it and yeah. they just do the stuff outside of the outside of the midseason tournament, which is insane. We're, we're talking about that tomorrow. Yeah, we got to do some NBA. We haven't talked to the Raptors at all. But I love the idea of you earning your right to pick the team that you think you can beat and then having the the inspired group that you picked against yep. to come up against you. It's always been one of my favorite ideas that I've heard and I didn't come up with it. And it was just yep. something that came to my mind when we were talking about that, mm -hmm. but I've always loved that idea. Th let me tell you exactly how that would go in the NHL. Mm -hmm. We take the lowest seed yes, as not correct. to disrespect anyone. Correct. And they would put in a press release that they actually contemplated taking other teams, Here, but they didn't think it'd be fair to the game or something the, like here's that. Here's the scary thing. Mm. <laughs> Who's picking the Leafs? 
Probably anybody. Yeah. The top seed. Oh, like, my God. It's like Boston is like, give us, give us those choking dogs. Literally, I think the Leafs could might you, be the first overall pick by any team. Okay, could you imagine if that was – because it's – wow, we're just in a full-blown Leafs conversation. Nick Felino coming up in a couple minutes' time here. Maybe that's what they need. You know, Sheldon <laughs> Keefe called them soft and purposeless, and then he went, oh, sorry, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh, sorry, I actually didn't mean that. Uh, if if uh, if Jim Montgomery, head coach of the Boston Bruins, says, "Oh, that bunch of choking dogs," yes, bring them to me. Oh, that's please. the kid you want? Yeah. Oh, I do think if there's anything that could wake up this this Leafs core, uh, maybe something like that would be it. Uh, somebody who knows the Leafs core, played with them for seven regular season games. Leaf legend, flags fly forever. Uh, well, there were no flags, but uh, Sudbury Wolves legend for sure, Nick. Felino going to join us next halfway through the show here on the fan morning show with Sportsnet 590 the fan diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays and NFL the JD Bunkins podcast subscribe and download the show on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts fan morning show Brent Gunning, Sam McKee here halfway through the program here with you until nine today. Text lines wide open, 590-590. Hit us up. Please include your name and location. Very, very happy to be joined by our second guest of the day. Former Leaf, former Bruin, of course, former Senator in Blue Jacket, and one of the newest members of the Chicago Blackhawks, Nick Foligno, joining us now. Nick, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you doing today? Very well. How are you guys doing? Fired up, fired up. Well, I got to be honest, you know, you, uh, you have tough days in your business. Uh, they're, they're definitely harder than ours. I want to be very clear about that. But this is as hard as they come. All-star break, no sports going oh, on, yeah. talking sports for three hours. <laughs> so we're, we're really happy to talk to you is how we're doing, Nick, to be, to be perfectly honest there. Uh, we're, we're asking our texters uh, for ideas of what we should talk about. So do you have an idea yeah, of what we should talk about sports, for the rest of the day? You're a sports fan. What would you like to hear us talk about, Nick? <laughs> Well, now I don't feel as special. I feel like I'm just, you guys finally needed me. Honestly, I'm, uh, I'm missing sports too. Although I, I did see Toronto Blue Jays were well represented in uh, the, the all-star game for the MLB. So that was nice to see Vladdy win the big home run. Uh, oh yeah, that was nice. There. That was good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. But uh, yeah. We, I'm bored. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> well, I'm happy you picked up the phone. Uh, yeah, it's it's happy to see you. Not, you know, we we know there's a lot of guys who love their teams in in the NHL. Got to be honest, I feel like the Blue Jays are the most well represented uh, fan base uh, across uh, the NHL. Can't can't throw a stone too far without finding a Jays fan there. And uh, happy to hear you're you're one of them. So, uh, you know, big move this off season going to Chicago. Obviously, uh, new city. You've got to play in some great markets. Uh, what are what are you expecting there? What was the draw there for for you? Yeah, you know what I am. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, I, I loved my time in Boston, and, and can't say enough about that organization, the city, and and the guys I got to play with. And you know, it's it's unfortunate because we really did do something special uh, last season with the team we had, and just you know didn't get the job done. But um, you know, that's that's the unfortunate part when you when you don't. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of carnage after, and, and that's the uh, that's the reality of our business. And, and you know, we knew some changes were going to happen. And you know, when Chicago called and uh, started to talk to them and go down the road of the possibility of going there, it just really excited me. I think it was what I needed right now in my in my career. And 
um, you know, the opportunity to play a little bit higher up. I feel healthy. I feel great. And uh, I'm looking for that expanded role a little bit, even at my age, uh, but also just the, the direction they're headed, you know, to help build something. I kind of did that in Columbus and uh, when I first got there with a really great group of guys. And it, it reminds me of that a little bit. So I feel like I have the blueprint. I really like the people that are in the organization. And um, obviously, Connor Bedard is a special talent that I'm looking forward to playing with. But uh, it's going to be a lot of work, but a lot of fun. And, and it just it checked all the boxes for me and my family. So the guy I wanted to ask you about was Connor Bedard and how exciting that is for you personally to go in there and have a chance to, you know, help mold the mind of a young player who's coming in with a ton of expectations and you're looked upon as one of the better sort of leader guys in the league. Does that excite you in terms of just him coming to you for advice and talking about stuff off the ice? Like what, what is the most exciting thing for you going to Chicago to work with Connor Bedard? Well, I think just how many times do you really get to work with a a generational talent? Uh, You know, there's, there's only been a really a few that have come into our league and uh, you know, you Oh, no. We still got you, Nick? It sounds like we do, but we don't, if that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, maybe reconnect, guys? Yeah, we'll try, yeah, to, we'll try to reconnect here. Uh, man, you do have a jammer in your pocket, eh? Buddy. I don't know what you do. <laughs> You're the nicest guy going. Everybody loves you, and nobody will ever talk to you on the phone, is what I'm, what I'm learning here, having done a show with you now for two days. Uh, yeah. Do so- we have any drops yesterday? No, we didn't. I think you're just saving them all for today. You're like, we actually had some some sports. We came off a weekend. We had a lot to discuss. Uh, so now I needed needed you there. You know, it will be interesting. For, I gotta thank Skipper out of this. It will be it will be interesting. Uh, we're trying to get back with Felito here, right? Because you know he's played with a lot of skilled players in his career. Obviously, we know what they have in Boston. His time here in Toronto had a chance to see Matthews, Marner, those yep. guys up up close. And it'll be I imagine pretty interesting for him to kind of compare and contrast with uh, with with Connor Bedard. I believe we have him back now. Now, uh, Nick Felino rejoining us now. Hey, hey there we go. Again, we we need you. You can't, you can't trust my hometown of Sudbury. There's too many rocks here, so when I'm driving <laughs> my workout. It's uh, a little tough. I, I got a brother-in-law uh, up in Sudbury. A lot of grit up there. I know. I know how okay. it goes, Nick. Yeah. 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 We got to blast. We got to blast a few more rocks here to get us better reception. <laughs> but um, uh, No, but I was just saying, I, I think what excites me is him off the ice. I think, you know, getting to know the person uh, behind the player and, and how to how they motivate themselves, but also the areas that you can help. All right, he's we can't forget he's he's never played in the NHL. He's never had these pressures. And although he's he's grown up in it and understood that you know a lot has been act, asked of him, even at World Juniors, it's it's a whole different beast here in the NHL. And these are grown men who understand how to be pros, and and that's where you get to teach him. And so I'm excited about about you know giving him what I've learned. I came into an incredible locker room in Ottawa with some of the leaders and people that I had to work with and um, and feel very fortunate that I've been able to use that and pass that on and all the teams I've been on. So that's what I'm excited about and looking forward to doing uh, with Connor and, and all the guys there, not just him. There's so many young players that, that hopefully we can make a great impression on. Yeah, I mean, it's been a it it's it's been a while since we've had a phenom like him come into the league, but it's not been that long. I mean, you know, Connor McDavid is a little long in the tooth, but he's still in his twenties. You played with Matthews, you know, you saw the talent that you guys had in that Boston room. But I think a lot of people are are really curious. You know, I, I'm I'm curious for your expect or your expectations of what the environment around that team will be like a little bit. Do you expect it to be a little bit of a circus? I mean, again, you were here with the Leafs. 
Leafs, albeit a uh, short stint. But you know what it's like when yeah. you've got that, when you've got that, you know, star power around you in a big market. And, you know, Chicago having a guy like Bedard, I, I'm curious what your expectations are for the market to, to kind of be like. Again, you've, you've played in some great ones. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You know, you come into Toronto and see uh, how those guys are, are treated and have to act and, and the, the spotlight that they're in constantly every single day. And um, You know, it's, it's going to be like that. You can't hide from it. This is just the reality of the world we live in. And it's great for our league that, you know, the access they have to great players. But at the end of the day, too, we're, we're trying to we're trying to. We're trying to talk to Nick <laughs> Felita. Oh. Oh. Hey, I'm back. We got you. We got you. We got through the rocks. We got through the rocks, pal. Who would have thought this? Of course, it always happens, eh, on these ones. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. No worries. No but, but, no, I'm saying it, it's funny. It, you know, you, you talk about Matthews. I don't know what, how much you heard, but you talk about Matthews in the room and, and the spotlight that they're in. I, I'm. You can't hide from that. You know, Connor's not going to be able to hide from that mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, the world we live in now, right? So, I don't think we can be you know, surprised by any of that, but I think how you are as a room, how tight you are as a room, helps you uh, in those moments, right? If, if he knows that we all have his back, if, if we know that you know, our room is really enjoying, he's loving come work every day, and the, the passion is there, then all that stuff really doesn't matter, right? And, and he's enjoying just being an NHL hockey player and, and growing with the team that he's in. So that's what I want to bring is I want to – try and help with our, a lot of great guys that we have already in that room. And you got Corey Perry coming in, Taylor Hall, Seth Jones is there, Connor Murphy. Like, there's a lot of really good players, Stanley Cup champs even, that are, are guys that know how to do that. And so I'm, I'm excited about being another piece of that and helping mold these young guys and understanding that's the most important part. All the other stuff, that goes away. That doesn't matter. How tight you are as a group is going to dictate how successful we are as a team. And, and I hope to bring that to Chicago. So, Nick, you said you're on your way to a workout, and you also said that you're getting older. How have your workouts changed as you've gotten older? Like, what are you, what are you doing now that you weren't doing when you're younger or vice versa? I feel like I'm working harder now. <laughs> um, just to, but you, you know what? You do. You, have to, you know, that's something I've always been really cognizant of and, and, and feel like, you know, especially playing as long as I have, you have to be at the top of your uh, physical conditioning and shape and um, you know, it's funny. You do a lot more probably flexibility and functional movement things as you get older, yeah. just to just to stay stay loose. But um, you know, it, it's something that I know, uh, and having a dad who played, how important that aspect is of 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 the, you know your career, and not even just you know look at even the past few years. Like obviously last year was a unforeseen break in my leg, but you know the injury prevention that I've actually been able to have. I got unlucky coming to Toronto with my back and. Uh, and, you know, after that, but there were some things that spiraled my first year in Boston. But for the most part, I've been able to stay away from some serious injuries, and it all comes back to how you train and, and how you prepare your body for each NHL season. And I've been lucky in having a great trainer and people to work with. And, um, you know, it's not so much I, tr- I change things as I've gotten older. I think I'm just more um, dialed into to the, the flexibility aspect, the functional movement aspect, so that I'm able to, they'll perform as your body just you know has a lot of miles on it so to speak so i mean one thing that guys you always talk to in the league that are you know have been in the league a long time and are getting older is the the speed of the game that it's played at now and i'm just interested like do you do you work on stuff to try to stay lighter on your feet like i'm always blown away by how fast the younger players have come into the league now it just seems like it's changed so much for these for the new generation 
No, it's it's true. It's it's incredibly fast. I mean, I can't you know from when I came in the league, I can tell such a difference in the speed. You know, I always laugh. You you come to training camp. There's always like a a couple weeks before where you're skating with all the young kids. Yeah. And, you know they're excited, so everyone's just flying around around the ice, and you're like, I might not make the team this year. You know, and then <laughs> and then you get out there. And then you get out there and you realize, well, you know, there's something about speed, but there's also about knowing what you're doing with your speed and how to get there. And, and that's where I think as an older player, you know, maybe you're not as fast as, as you are with these kids, but you can think the game so much faster than them still. And that's where, you know, I work on my foot speed. It's so important, absolutely. But, you know, maybe I'm not going to beat a kid down the ice in a straight sprint, but how many times do you really do that in a, in a game, right? So it's how do, you, how do you move the puck fast enough? How do you get into places where you know it's going to be and um so those are all things i work on but absolutely you're always trying to train and get better and and improve your foot speed but uh, i think it's also understanding the game within the game and i think that's where older players excel and um you know and that's, that's something that i've always tried to work on and and make sure that i'm i'm sharp with as as you get older yeah, and uh, you know, thir- thirty-five years old, uh, there there are less and less of you guys in the NHL as we go year over year. I was just looking at your uh, junior teams here. You got a little side bet going with Mark Stahl of which one of you two can hang on longer. There, I see the both of you uh, both still putting it out there at, at a at a pretty ripe yeah. age in the NFL or NHL. Uh, you got a little side bet going with your old teammate. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I had a good laugh because uh, he had had torts in New York, and then I, uh, you know, he had warned me when torts came to Columbus how tough <laughs> he was, and so I said, "Man, man, you're a glutton for punishment going back to torts in Philly." But uh, I'm happy for him, and he's such a great guy. And you know, I think we're both chasing that that thing that's eluded us right now, which is a cup. And hey, man, it's uh, it's funny how you get to a certain age, and you you remember coming to the league like, "Oh man, I'm 35. All those guys are so old." Uh, I'll never get there. You know, that's, that's a long ways away. And, and now we're those guys and still playing. I think that, you know, speaks volumes about us as, as players, but as people. And Mark's one of those guys that's just been a great, great vet for a long time now and a great player. And, you know, I'm happy that he's still playing. Makes me feel younger because he's still older than me. So, me <laughs> so, I mean, you've been like, we've been talking about the markets that you've played in the last three here with Boston. You come to Toronto, obviously, and now you're going to Chicago, but, those are three <laughs> unbelievable jerseys, Nick. Again, I'm a big jersey guy, yeah. and I don't know which one of those do you think is the nicest. Oh, I think I know what he's gonna oh, say. I, I don't know, man. I I, I got to be honest. I was pretty when I got to Toronto and just oh, yeah. put that, that leaf on. You know, I, I was I was pretty excited. Just you know, it's it's something I watched my dad wear. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of history there for me. But then you go to the the Spoke B, which is just a gorgeous uh, gorgeous jersey as well, and. And I gotta be completely honest. With you, I, I I got the, the the Chicago Blackhawks gear finally the other day, and I opened up my bag, and man, that that Ooh. is uh, that's a pretty the colors, and I don't know. I I think I, I had a lot. We always had that conversation, like what's the best logo, and I don't know. That might be up there for me, having seen it now, and like really, yeah, it's it's a special one. So I'm 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 very thankful, obviously, that I've been able to play for some some great teams. I, somebody asked me, are you just knocking down all the original six teams here, or what, <laughs> at the end of my career, but. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited about about being a Blackhawk and 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 you know going on this adventure with this team, and I'm really excited about you know getting to know these guys in the city and 
going from there. I, I didn't mean to disparage the wonderful jerseys of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Nick. Sorry, I didn't. You know, the, the story, the story jersey <laughs> yeah. of the, the jackets. I didn't mean to disparage them either. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I actually loved. I loved everything about being a Blue Jacket. Yeah. I, I love my time there, but I am so glad I never wore that stupid B jersey. Or whatever the hell that, that that was the weirdest that logo. Oh. That was the weirdest, worst logo I've ever seen. So I'm glad I wore the star. That was uh, those colors. I nice colors, the colors for sure. Of, of the blue jacket, really, yeah. really nice colors. And and you know the Sens. I had the old school senator that I'm glad they went back to. So that was nice to see them go yeah. back to that one. But I really liked my time there too. Yeah. How dare how dare they put my boy? What a politically correct answer. Yeah, I you're you're, those, you're right? crushing it. The PR right wow. now is hold on, room. hold on. We didn't give a shout out to the Sudbury Wolves and their beautiful wolf that crosses the rafter hey. when they score. Uh, uh, so we just want to make sure to touch all our bases. The Sudbury there. Wolves are actually my favorite junior jersey. They're gorgeous. I was going to say, I will argue anyone that that is the best junior jersey out there. That is. Them and the Medicine Hat Tigers are the two my two faves. There you go. And you and you were talking to not me, but him. You were talking to a junior hockey aficionado, Uh, Nick. You answered the bell when we needed you the most. We love talking to you anytime, but we needed you today, pal. (laughs) Thank you so much for the time. Honestly, good luck in Chicago, and uh, I don't know, teach that Bedard a, a thing or two. We'll see how he turns out. Maybe teach him how to shoot. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's what I, I'm, I'm going to give him all my shooting tips for sure. It sounds like. Uh, but sorry about the cell service, ah, boys, but thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, you're great. There See he goes. Uh, Nick Felino, as he said, trying to knock off all the original six. Love catching up with a guy like that. Uh, this is a term you and I, I threw. I think all- the Hawks are the nicest of the three. Of the three? I, I love the Leafs clearly. I, I, I cannot have a, I cannot have a proper answer to that question. Yeah. It, 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 it's the Leaf sweater, man. Like it's beautiful. I, I know, but the, I, I think I, they're number two in the league to the book to the Blackhawks. Okay, that's fine. Like I will, I am, I am wholly owning that my bias will not allow me mm-hmm. to do that. If you ask me to rank all of them, Chicago is probably the best jersey in the NHL. Yeah. Just off the top of my off the top of my dome there, so I have no uh, quibble with it. Uh, we use this term a lot over the weekend. Salt of the earth guy, right there. Oh yeah, uh, really, really enjoyed Listen, uh, getting a chat with him. Small town Ontario guys. They just, they're usually pretty great. There's a lot of That's grit. That's what I got to tell you. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of grit floating around uh, up there, up there in, uh, in Sudbury. Love talking to him and best of luck to him in Chicago. You know, it'll be a different challenge. Totally. Right. Uh, you know, he said it in the interview, chasing the ring uh, still, obviously a little longer shot there than he might've had in, in other well, places, but the Bedard carrot is certainly an interesting one. And a guy like that can turn things around in an instant. Like, they, it really doesn't take that much. I'm looking at their roster because I was just, like, you know, putting their their forward competition. I was just kind of reading some different things when we were talking to mm-hmm. him there. Like, they don't suck. No, it's not putrid. Like, they, they are. I don't think they're going to be, like, in the playoff mix by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, they're not going to be one of the worst teams in the league again, I don't think. Okay, I mean, and this is the funnest time to be a fan. Totally. And the funnest time to probably be on that team, right? It's yeah. like you're on your way up. There's zero expectations. This is a fan base. This is a team that's gone through a lot of crap in the last couple of years. And rightfully so, right? They've dealt with a lot of stuff. They've had to mm-hmm. take a lot of beating and rightfully so rightfully through that whole so. thing. Yep. But then now it's like, well, oh my God, we have the best young player in the league who's coming out. We're signing vets. We got Taylor Hall. We got Taylor Hall for nothing. Corey yep. Perry's a pain. Nick Fleno's a great guy that you're going to yep. love having on your team. Like, They've, they right now, it's got to be the most, like if you're going to power rank what team you want to be a fan of over the next five years, 
the Blackhawks are probably in the top five. Like, yeah, they're really exciting. Yeah, Devils are up there yeah. as well. They got everything cooking right now. But of course, right? Leafs, they got, of course. Well, I mean, look. <laughs> I actually thought he was, when I said, I think I know the answer, I really did think he was just going to go, oh, what are you talking about? I love that red in Chicago. Like, I thought he was just going to go full salesman there, uh, gave us the truth. And I want to be very clear uh, because everything is about the Leafs, and I don't think this will happen. Mm. But if you pull up their cap friendly and you talk about Connor Bedard sitting there and being a great young talent, uh, that's a team that could do literally anything they want in the world regarding the salary cap. They got no commitments beyond basically Seth Jones. They got Connor Murphy at four million bucks beyond this yeah, year. That ain't, hurt, yeah. that ain't gonna hurt you. And Andreas Athanasiu and Taylor Hall at six and four or four and six respectively. But so I think that I mean that Seth Jones one's gonna hurt you forever, forever. Him and Ryan Johansson have had the exact same career. Great promise to start, look good, had good moments, and then signed big tickets and Boy, never really recovered. That's Seth Jones on Columbus. You could have talked me into taking him take taking him over any guy in the league yeah. with the right shot. The way he skates up and down the ice. Looked looked like just graceful. Well, I think I think he is a classic guy who he was put in a position to succeed in Columbus being on a young team. Not that much was asked of him. And then it just kind of, you hit the, you hit the accelerator and it just never really worked for him. You get paid, you become a different guy. You're on this bad Chicago team. Now you don't have a partner. You can really trust. I mean, what it's going to be, well, I was about to say him and Zaitsev, but the the two of them, what, what just happened? I forgot to ask Nick about, about Davidson's interview. The one where he got like stopped as a streeter. Oh, I totally did forget about I wanted this. To ask him about that. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to ask him about that, oh, the reason it came up in my mind is because I went to their cat friendly page. Their pick stock oh. is absurd. Yep. They've got two this in the next draft, they've got five in the first two rounds. Seven in the first three. They got two so, third rounders as well. They're in a great spot because if they are decent, yep. if they're not gonna make the playoffs, don't get me wrong here. I'm not yeah, being yeah. like Chicago's gonna be making the playoffs next year, but they're not gonna suck as bad as they did. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, well, we could trade one of these picks. Totally. We could trade one of these, like a second round pick now gets you a decent NHL. Especially if they make literally any money. Because yes. the team's saying, ah, we got to get out of this. Yeah, yeah. Here's a decent NHL player. Yep. Riley Smith got traded for what, a third, third. or a fourth? Third. It's like, and Riley Smith's a hell of a player. What a kill for Riley Smith. Yeah, yeah well. Cap fit. Yeah. Man. I know. I, I know. Tail as old as time. Yeah, they're in, a, they're in a good, good spot right now. They got the two first rounders. So Tampa's next year. They got the Leafs the year after that, obviously. Conditions on some of those. But then two second rounders in next year's draft. Three years after that, they got two second rounders. They have got a lot of capital. And the good thing about that is, like you said, it can go one way or another. If you're bad, you just hold on to it. You keep making picks. Great. If not, you can start turning those picks into players uh, sooner rather than later. And again, having a guy like Bedard, it doesn't necessarily mean everything gets warp speed. But would you rule out him being a top five player in the NHL in three years? In three years? Yeah. Oh, no. No. Two? I was going to say, I thought you were going to go next year. No, come on. Not next year. I, like, He's I mean, not going to be a top five guy in the NHL next year. I, but you said, would, you, would I rule it out? Would You wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. You think it's possible that I he did. just comes in. Buddy, there's, there's, yeah, there's guys. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. You're there's right. guys that come in and it's like, oh, you know, we had the conversations about uh, Lafreniere. And we had these conversations yeah. about N- Nico Heischer. Have you ever been this. more disappointed and in a guy than Lafreniere? I thought he was can't miss. Man, but not, watching but, him at the juniors, like spitting blood so mad, dragging not, that corpse of a team. There's just certain guys that come along every time. And we're like, oh, they're going to be really good. And they come in and they're really good. Yep. Like, uh, do you think Bedard will get to 
a hundred points this year. No, I don't think. I think a hundred. Well, I think a hundred points is just such, such, such a tough ass for. How many people got to a hundred points this year? <sighs> Did we have ten? If that that's that would seem like a big, big number. If we had ten guys with a hundred points, I guess when this you year. put it in perspective, that um, that. Mitch Martyr didn't get to 100 points. Right. It he, makes nev- it feel- he never has. Yeah. Uh, there was 11 guys, and the 11th guy was Eric Carlson. So, Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Yes. Pretty good. 48 points in 45 games in his rookie year before busting a collarbone. Yeah. Now, it's possible McDavid has fresher, younger legs, but I think generally speaking, guys, especially rookies, kind of cool off as the year wears on mm-hmm. as opposed to p- piling up points. If I'm just putting the ceiling on Bedard's rookie mm-hmm. year as McDavid's rookie year, which yeah. was pretty special, that gets you 80-some-odd points. So that's why I think 100 is absurd to expect for Bedard in the first... Or not even expect, to put in the realm of possibility for I'm the first year. Sh- I'm, I'm shooting my shot right now. All right, go saying, for it. I'm saying he shoot gets to shoot. 100. He's going to do 100. I love it. If he, plays, if he plays over 75 games or over 80, that gets to 80 games, he'll get to 100 points. One of the biggest... Hockey's still hockey, man. One of the biggest regrets I had... Hockey is definitely still hockey. One of the biggest regrets I had doing all these preview shows late August and everything was instead of me just stepping to the mic and saying... I think the Devils are going to make the playoffs in the Metro. I would ask everybody, hey, what do you think about the Devils? And then they'd go, ah, too young, not seasoned enough. And then I would go, ah, okay. I keep asking. Everyone tells me I'm wrong. I must be wrong. So I love it. You're convicted in it. You're going to be wrong, but I love that you're so convicted in it. His junior numbers are amazing. It's absurd. It's he nuts. Had, he had 143 points in 57 games in the regular season. Then he had um, he had. 20 points in the seven game series against the, I think they played the Saskatoon blades in the first round. That sounds right. That sounds correct to me. And uh, he had 23 points in seven games at the world juniors where he electrified the crowd in Halifax and they heaved away. <laughs> heave away. Oh yeah. What a, what a song. What a time. All right. We're going to heave away. We'll talk to Ben Shulman. When we come back, blue Jays, what's going on at the break? Should we be disappointed? Should we be happy? And is this real with Alec Manoa? Also, also, always important to let you know on the Fan Morning Show, we're giving away concert tickets all month long as part of our Bud Stage Summer Concert Series. Today, we have tickets to give away for Blue Rodeo, playing at Budweiser Stage on August 26th with special guests Wild Rivers and Rose Cousin. To enter, all you have to do is text the code word OUTSKIRTS to 590-590. Again, that's OUTSKIRTS to 590-590. If you don't win with us, you can secure your tickets at ticketmaster.ca. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll have more tickets can, to give away. Can I win the tickets to Blue You Blue? may not. You may not. I was literally oh, it hasn't hit I, I was literally listening to Five Days in May before you rolled in here, so I will get them before you. Just uh, let not be known. I want to go to that concert. Okay. So. Uh, we have both asked. Maybe we shall receive. And if you text in the code word, you can too. Ben Shulman coming up next. Fan Morning Show with Gunning and McKee.